Hello, and welcome to the show that, despite the pleas of our families and friends, simply will not stop talking about D&D. So, ready your spells and weapons, grab the shiniest set of your math rocks, and prepare for critical friendship. So today we are talking about spells and spell slots. Blake, how do you want to do this? Well, uh, first, I would like to, uh, I guess, uh, address the Tarask in the room of uh, <laughs> spellcasting being one of the more complicated um, concepts, especially for new players to learn. Um, sure is. Especially if, you know, you've you've got one player and they've played one type of spellcaster and then they move over to a completely different type. Ooh. And then they're like, oh, yeah, spells work like this. And it's like, well, actually, they they, they don't with that character because <laughs> it's like, OK, they've been playing a sorcerer, so they have their spells known. And then they start playing a druid and they go, well, it doesn't show me on the class chart how many spells I know at this level. And it's like, well, because it's not based on your it's not based on that. Yeah. So there's several different kinds. There are uh, prepared spellcasters and known spellcasters. Yes. Prepared spellcasters would be your druids, clerics, wizards. Wizards are kind of a hybrid between the two. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, and then paladins. So, yeah. So prepared spellcasters, they basically get all of their spells that they're able to cast and then they prepare a certain amount of them each day. And it's usually equal to their level or half their level plus their spellcasting ability modifier. Yeah. Right. So um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So like with druids, for example, you prepare a number of spells each day equal to your wisdom modifier because druids are wisdom casters plus your level. So say a fifth level druid with a wisdom of 16. Right. Okay. That would give them a wisdom modifier of three, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then I said fifth level, correct? Yes. OK, so five plus three. So be eight. That's how many you can prepare per day. Okay. So with each level up, you'll you'll get, you know, an additional one you can prepare each day. And then with certain levels up, you'll your level ups, you'll unlock new spell slots, which we'll get into in a moment. Mm -hmm. So you'll be able to cast higher level spells and therefore prepare higher level spells. Right. And then, of course, there's there's other classes like the Warlock and the Sorcerer that are spells known where in the player's handbook, it will tell you how many spells you get at certain levels. And then once you memorize that spell, you just have it. Right. Yeah. Wizards are the same. They're, they're kind of halfway in between because each level they get to add new spells to their spell book. However, they also will prepare spells from their spell book based on their class level plus their intelligence modifier right so like for a wizard just to clarify because i i keep i keep going to play a wizard and i'm like i can never remember how to do this so you have access to however many spells you have learned but you have to prepare from that that total list. Yes. So, a certain amount. So each each level up, a wizard can add two spells for free to mm -hmm. their spell book. But they also, like, say you get a scroll of fireball. Mm -hmm. And if you're a moron and you've already reached third level and you haven't added fireball <laughs> to your spell book, first of all, what are you doing? Um, 
but say you find a scroll of fireball if you go out and you get the um i I think it's a it's a certain amount of material Mm -hmm. in ink and pens and you know paper scribing material yeah you can add that scroll that spell you can copy it into your spell book Mm -hmm. now that's one of your known spells yeah right because you're just basically carrying around a big you know, grimoire of the different spells that you've learned over time. Mm -hmm. But each day or each long rest, you can go through and pick which spells you're going to memorize and essentially like hold in your mind for that day. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, because it (laughs) always going through like that, the like the tables and stuff they have on whatever D&D Beyond or, or, or even on the, um, the app that we use the Mm -hmm. 5e character sheet um like it tells you how many spells yeah how many spell slots you have but that doesn't tell you how many spells you can cast necessarily it's like it it's very confusing sometimes which yeah the the wizard took me a little while to figure out because when i was first looking to play i was drawn towards spellcasters because i'm like hey magic cool yeah um you know usually when i play like a video game or some sort of rpg or something like that i usually will gravitate towards the spellcaster skyrim i obviously went full destruction mage you know stuff like that Mm -hmm. um even though the stealth archer is arguably better (laughs) it was just so much more fun to to throw magic around yeah um that's funny because in morrowind i was always just bow and arrow oh yeah dude morrowind morrowind <laughs> i was just a, a stealth person yep just the whole time little thief I, yeah <laughs> that was because morrowind was hard oh it's so fun though <laughs> morrowind was hard dude <laughs> <laughs> anyways um but yeah so so i started reading the wizard and it all just went right over my head like i i didn't understand the spell slots i didn't understand the prepping spells i didn't understand the components or adding it to your Spellbook, any of that. Yeah. So I guess we'll talk about spell slots. Yeah. Cool. So so there's a there's a, a very funny YouTuber named uh uh Joe Cat who does the crap guide to D D. <laughs> and this is one of the things that pops into my head every time I think about spell slots. He calls them mage bullets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is not a great <laughs> metaphor for it, but it's it's just a synapse in my brain. Yeah. Um, so what the, one of the best ways I heard it described to me is your spell slots are like different sized containers. Mm -hmm. So a first level spell slot is like a small little bottle. Second level spell slot is a slightly bigger jar. And then, you know, you get all the way up to ninth level spells and you're, you know, carrying around a bathtub with you basically. (laughs) And your spells that you cast can only fit in the proper size jars. Right. Right. So a first level spell slot can't be cast using cantrips. Cantrips are free spells. Yeah. Essentially. They're the, they're the little, uh, uh, what are they called? Uh, little beakers. Little, uh, the, you know, the little science. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> little, and they're, little they're, tubes. And they're, they're never ending. You can cast cantrips all day. Right. Um, so you can take the amount of liquid from, that first level spell slot and dump it into the bigger container of a second level spell slot. Right. Yeah. 
because it's it's the same amount of liquid. Now, most of the spells, if you upcast them, that's what that would be called, is is casting a first level spell through that's a second, second level, level slot. Yeah. I heard it described as they will grow to fit the container they're in. Mm-hmm. So you can't take the amount of liquid that would fit in a second or third level spell slot and crush it down into a first level. It doesn't fit. It right. doesn't work. It's but like you, that that creature from uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly what you told me <laughs> the first time I explained this to you, and you were like, "Oh, so it's like that thing." And I was like, <laughs> "Hang on, give me a second. Right, that yeah. one. Yes, <laughs> where it, it'll it'll grow to to meet it, its environment. Mm-hmm, exactly. So if you dump the liquid from a first level spell slot in or a first level spell." into a third level spell slot, it will expand and usually have a better effect. Be that, you know, greater damage, more damage or, or longer duration or being able to affect more people, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But of course you can't take a fireball, which is third level and smash it into a first level spell slot and go, I'm going to use the first level to cast fire. But no, you can't do that. <laughs> it doesn't work. It requires a certain amount of magic, yeah. a certain amount of space, and you can't channel it through something smaller. Yeah. And, and I guess the, the, uh, the video game, um, analogy is kind of, it kind of works too, because like it, if you look at a, a video game and that gives you like that meter, of the how man, much magic mana, you have mana cost. Yeah. So like every time you use a spell slot, it lowers mm-hmm. and you only have a certain amount of spell slots per day. Yep. And this is kind of going along the first part of what you were saying and, you know, building on it. But like, um, <coughs> but like once that, that, uh, mana is depleted, you can you can still cast those cantrips, but like it takes like you know point zero zero one percent of your. Well, well <laughs> generally, know, like, video games will have like a small bar right. of mana that will self regenerate. Yeah, and and you can look at it as that little bit that is able to regenerate is what you're using to cast your cantrip. Yeah, whereas you know cantrip is like one to ten mana, you know something like that. Yeah, you've got your bigger stuff like ninth level blade of disaster that maybe that takes 580 you know something crazy like that so yeah so hopefully simplified spell slots for anybody out there who yeah what's up i was gonna say real quick we went over wizards i feel like we should go back down to warlock real quick (laughs) because warlock is i feel like the most difficult to figure out oh man i feel like they're they're the easiest one well it's easy it's easy to figure out like like how to do it but it's hard to keep track of i feel like because at least for me because you only get two spell slots (laughs) to way higher levels (laughs) (laughs) yeah like but even even at the highest level you only get what five Four. four yeah four yeah <laughs> so like you get four you, fifth level spell slots if you're a maximum level and they're always <laughs> upcast so you yeah. can't you can't you can't do more than four spells a day other than your cantrips oh you can do plenty more than those four spells well, if like obviously you have your like ones that you can cast once per day or yeah. or things like that or your your mystic arcanums and then they have invocations, invocations that, that allow yeah. you to like hey 
you can cast this spell without using a spell slot and without uh, any material components or anything like right. that. So you basically get some spells that you can cast as though they were cantrips. Yeah. Which, yeah, war- which is war- helpful. Yeah. War- <laughs> Warlocks are definitely a weird... They're a, they're an anomaly among the spellcasters. Yeah. They um, that's why I like the the warlock sorcerer uh, multi class mm-hmm. because then you get your meta magic, you get oh, your yeah. sorcery points, you get you know all these things that you can put together to gain your spell slots back. You get more spell slots because of being a different kind of magic user. War, warlocks pal- pair very well with a lot of different classes. Yeah. Uh, even even paladin and and of course oh, yeah. the the main the main one everybody goes to when you think of the warlock paladin multi-class is the hexblade because i mean for crying out loud <laughs> <laughs> it's so strong yeah <laughs> but you'll get higher level spell slots quicker that you can use those warlock spells they're tracked differently you can use those warlock spell slots for divine smites mm-hmm. and since they're higher level slots they'll do more damage and then you can get them back on a short rest. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas paladins, it's like, oh, you have two spell slots. They're both first level. And you can do, you know, a little bit of extra damage with them. Right. And it's like those are done for the day. And it's like, well, now you can use those like third level warlock spell slots to hit him with a divine smite and then go back to your paladin ones and cast stuff like bless or bane or, you know, something that's not really going to have much difference if you upcast it. Yeah. Well, thanks for, you know, mentioning a couple of my, my favorite uh, uh, <laughs> spells. Hey, man, those are those are great. I mean, let's just name them all right now. <laughs> but yeah, so so the thing with pack magic and and there's there's a whole I mean, we could do a whole video on the different like multi-classing with spellcasters because it changes your spell progression. Yeah, you'll still get um, more spells or more spell slots, but you won't get those higher level ones right? Yeah. until later. They'll be delayed because you've multi-classed. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's Which is such a hard thing to multi-class when you want those things. But, but... packed magic tracks com- completely differently. Mm. So if you, if you're like going to go five levels sorcerer, five levels, uh, warlock, you take that first dip into warlock, your sorcerer spells stay the same. They, mm-hmm. they will not change. And then every level of warlock you take, it'll track as though you're just that level warlock. Right. Because packed magic is so different from all the other spellcasting types that it's just like, eh, is it really going to change things so drastically if we give them one more spell slot that, right. we, that gets back on a short rest? Yeah. Turns out, if you're, if you're really reading into the rules and you start making something like the coffee lock... and you just i remember you telling me you just end up with endless spell slots because your dm is allowing rules as written exactly how they're written in the book and well now you have 800 spell slots (laughs) and you go into a combat and you're just a nuclear reactor (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh we're uh Ariel and I are rewatching the um, Mighty Nine series for Critical Role, mm-hmm. and uh, the warlock that they have in it, his name is Ford. Um, he just multiclassed into Paladin, and I was like, first time I watched it, I was like, okay, I don't get this because like I was I was so new to D anD D at that point that I was just like, okay, mm-hmm. okay, whatever. How does this work? 
And then now I'm going back and watching it. And I'm like, ooh, 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 ooh. Check out what he's going to do. What he's going to do. <laughs> he's going to multi-class into Paladin. And he's going to get his pack blade still. And like all this other stuff. I'm just like, yes. The, the Hexblade Paladin multi-class mm-hmm. is so insane. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I was, I was midway making one in our Curse of Strahd campaign. I had my five levels of Hexblade. And then I was going to do uh, six levels Paladin. Mm-hmm. And then we stopped playing that one at fifth level. And I was like, uh, no, <laughs> I was so close. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right. Well, how about we get into uh, the next section of our podcast today? And I'm, I'm going to put a little caveat here because, uh, Blake, you are much more versed in the in the the spells and and you know a lot more of them and the combinations that you can make with them. I'm going to go a little bit more, uh, little flavor mm-hmm. wise with mine. So we're, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite spells that we've either cast in our, in our, uh, campaigns before, or for me, definitely ones that I've seen cast through other people or, or in like the, mighty nine or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, the way that they flavor them is just, it's so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, like I said, like, you know, a lot more about like how to combine these, these spells to, uh, make the most impact out Ridiculous of them. Ridiculous so, effect. Yeah. <laughs> like, so like, like do the, it, the yeah. spell combo called the microwave oven mm-hmm. <laughs> where you cast force cage on somebody. And then you throw sickening radiance in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Have fun deep frying. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I'm still having a, a problem with realizing that shocking grasp doesn't affect water. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, like when we did our combat uh, episode, I was just like, this should this should do something to water. But yeah. no, it doesn't. <laughs> Sorry, but I, I, I went was, back like a few days later and I was like, all right, let me look this up. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'm pretty sure I've seen it done before. And, and no, it was right. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> I, I am that way occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so before before we jump into our favorite uh, our favorite spells, uh, Dan. Yes. What is the most confusingly named cantrip and why is it chill touch? Uh, oh, because it's not a touch spell. And it doesn't and it's do not cold, cold damage. <laughs> exactly. So I, for one, submit to the internet, and and I believe I've. I don't know if if this popped up at one of our tables one time or if somebody read it somewhere, but I submit to the internet that we should all unanimously decide to rename Chill Touch, Lich Slap. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's put the petition together, all three of you. Um, <laughs> all three of our listeners <laughs> will send it to Wizards of the Coast and they will promptly ignore it. <laughs> what? We got three signatures. Come on. <laughs> we, we should be able to get this done. <laughs> I mean, come on. Lich Slap is such a better name for it. It really is. Because what does the spell do? A skeletal hand reaches out and strikes and clings onto an opponent, right? Yep. <laughs> and then it deals... Is it chill damage? No. Cold damage? No. It deals necrotic damage. <laughs> so where they got chill touch from, I have no idea. No, I don't know. But it's a skeletal hand that grabs onto them and deals necrotic damage. 
Lich slap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's I feel like there's several of them that I was looking at and I was like, that doesn't make any sense either. Like, why is it called that? And I, I can't remember what they are now, but like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So do you want to kick us off with uh, do we want to just go level by level? And, and Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. We'll start with with our lovely cantrips here. That's hard because there's so many cantrips that I love. Like it, it's it's tough to choose. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not gonna go through all of mine because I, I I have a lot of my spells uh, listed out here, but I'm gonna try and pick and choose the the best ones. We we can do some but, honorable mentions. At yeah, the end. yeah. <laughs> this is this is our our Mount Rushmore of spells. Except there's <laughs> two geeks, one dude. Except there's ten of them. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> there's spells go up to ninth level, and then there's cantrips, which are technically level zero. Right, yeah. There's actually fun lore reasons as to why they stop at nine. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I, you know what? I think I've, I up, might uh, have heard something look about up that. Look up the, uh, the Netherese Empire. Okay. All right. You, you got to explain a little bit of it now. Oh, dude, it's a long story. That's a whole episode in itself. OK. All right. <laughs> so look at the Nether, N- N- Netherese. The, the Netherese Empire. And uh, I don't remember what the 10th level spell was called, but there is a 10th level spell. There used to be 10th level spells dude. until the Netherese Empire, you know, screwed it up for everyone. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I may allow these in my campaign. <laughs> I have a whole list of epic spells that I've found online that are just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that my first one here uh it, it has to go to everyone's favorite warlock spell. Eldritch blast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you Joe Cat for the blast. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean, it's such a great spell, though. Like mm. it, it, it. Uh, what's the word? Elevates as you as you get higher up in in levels. Um, not only can you do, uh, like you start off with one blast, but then it keeps going, mm-hmm. and you get two, and then three, and then, and then I, think I think you think can get four, four yeah. yeah. Um, which you can cast on different people. Yep choose different targets yeah so and and then i like to flavor mine uh <laughs> it's farting in your hand and smacking somebody in the face with it yep so the <laughs> yeah so joey uh from this campaign that we did on uh on our last episode mm-hmm. then i had remy who used his his deck of cards and and did eldridge blast through his, his cards yeah, I mean, I, I saw one where the guy was playing as a hexblade, and uh, so the the sword was like its own character. It was like sentient and would like speak to him and stuff, and mm-hmm. it, it always spoke this weird language that only he could understand. And whenever Eldritch Blast would cast, like it had like a a mouth and an eye on the ha- the hilt of the blade, mm-hmm. and so whenever Eldritch Blast would cast, it was literally like spitting them out at the oh, target. Oh, that's cool. So it was really fun. Like it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, nice. And that's the that's the thing I love about D and D is being able to personalize your spells and personalize mm-hmm. a lot of different things. But like, especially spell casting, like anything you can think of that you want to make it look like, mm-hmm. 
just make it look like that. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> there's even a section in the the book Tasha's Cauldron of Everything where it's talking about spell customization and flavoring them to look however you want. And and there's like a little uh, in all of the books they're written quote unquote written by different D and D characters. Mm-hmm. And Tasha has like a little blurb in there where she talks about like so she was raised by Baba Yaga. Okay. And uh, she would give her, um, I think it was magic missile, magic missile. She gave them chicken feet. So when she would shoot it up because Baba Yaga's house walks around on chicken feet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she started giving her magic missiles chicken feet because it made Baba Yaga laugh. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, even though like I'm no longer with her, I still think of it every time and it's still part of my magic now. Yeah, nice. And so it's like, it literally, the book tells you like flavor it how you want, make it look how you want. It's not changing the effect of the spell, right? but it's fun. Yeah. Like make it your own. Uh, see for that one, I, I would have even gone a step further and with the chicken legs, it would run across the floor <laughs> and then jump up and hit the target. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The so so I'm 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 gonna say something that uh, might upset you a little bit, Dan. No, no, I, no. I actually okay. have a problem with Eldritch Blast. Really? Because it's so good that if you're playing a warlock, you have no incentive to take any other damage cantrip. I I can agree with that, except I have tried to do that before, but it's not as good. Because it depends on what it is. Well, well, but the problem is, is if you're taking a damage cantrip as a warlock, none of the other ones are are customizable. Mm. Eldritch Blast gives you stuff like Agonizing Blast, which lets you add more damage to it. It right. gives you Lancing. It gives you uh, the the one that that like doubles its distance. It gives you one that pulls and pushes and slows and all these different things. Yeah. So I submit. Um, another submission (laughs) let's let's petition wizards of the coast with this one that when you take so instead of it being agonizing blast it's agonizing cantrip yeah and so what you do is you pick a damage cantrip that is going to be your warlock's specific cantrip and then you can add those pushing pulling things like that onto it because what if you're playing a warlock and for some reason you just you you want to make him acid themed Mm-hmm. And so you want to take the cantrip acid splash. Yeah. Okay. Now, granted, you could always talk to your DM and see if like, hey, can I just reflavor the damage of Eldritch Blast into acid? Mm-hmm. Which, yes, it would weaken the spell because force damage is better than acid damage. Yeah. Sure. But can I can I just change damage types? I would allow that at my table. Mm-hmm. But I would also say... What if you and I got together and instead of having agonizing blast and lancing blast and pulling, grasping, you know, all that, let's homebrew some invocations specifically for that. Yeah. Because I I had a player at one of my tables one time that didn't want to take Eldritch Blast because it was so overused by warlocks mm-hmm. and he took lightning lure. Okay. Okay, well, I wasn't experienced enough at the time, but I really wish looking back on it now, I had said, hey, do you want to be able to customize this? Let's make some invocations for it Mm -hmm. and then make them specific to that cantrip. Now, the thing I would say is if you do that, you you get to pick one cantrip to customize Mm -hmm. and then say you pick up Eldritch Blast later, 
well, you've already customized lightning lure. Yeah, that takes so up. Can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I can get on board with that. Definitely. Um, because it, it creates an opportunity to flavor your, your character around this particular power. Mm-hmm. And it, that's what I like about that too, is that it's, like for for me, my my characters always have, or at least I try to have one specific thing that that characterizes that person, and like like with Remy, changing his his uh, his Eldritch Blast to being little card like explosions. the card explosions, it was a slightly different flavor to Eldritch Blast, but it was an explosion. Yeah, and you I know. think I think one thing that would have been cool with that, since you were flavoring it like a little explosion, mm-hmm. is say, okay, well, instead of agonizing blast, what we'll do is we will have it to where you can throw that, mm-hmm. and then any creature within five feet takes your charisma modifier and damage. Yeah, because because Gambit's little card explosions are their area their, effects. Yeah, yeah. So he chucks it and not just the one person gets hit. Mm-hmm. Like granted that person gets hit the hardest, right? but let's flavor it as instead of adding the charisma modifier onto the damage on that one person, anybody within five feet takes charisma modifier damage. Yeah. I like it. Also, one of the things I was thinking of when we're spending a lot of time <laughs> on Elvis Blast because <laughs> it's such a good yeah, cantrip. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry. I, I want to get to this this one little thing. No, uh, go for you, it. You were uh, you were talking about something being acid damage. Mm-hmm. One of the things I was thinking of is like, say you take the Lansing uh, Lansing blast, it can still technically technically be a Lansing blast if I'm if I'm remembering what that is. Um, but you could easily flavor it or whatever to like you're taking acid and forming a lance out of it. It kind of mm. almost hardens, but it's still acid damage. And then you throw that and, it, and it's like a spear almost. Yeah, that could be cool. You know, like, and then, and then you just figure out what you're going to do with that flavor, turning it into a mechanical thing. Right. And when, when it hits, it's like, it, it doesn't pierce. It just like, it hits and it turns into acid. Yeah. Or like not turns into acid, but like it splashes, splashes like acid. on them. Yeah. Yeah. So like there's a lot of different things you can do with that. Or like you said, with with those different invocations that are. You design easy flavor. Yeah. You, well, well, and then you design the mechanic of it around the flavor yeah. that your player is going with. Exactly. And say it is acid and it splashes. Again, you could also do another thing where it Splash. splashes on Splash an area. Yeah. 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 I mean, <gasps> it's and and you can technically do this with any kind of spell your players are doing, but it's yeah. the fact that warlocks specifically get a class ability to customize this one cantrip. Mm-hmm. And that that it's great. Don't get me wrong. Every time I've played a warlock, I grab Eldritch Blast and it's <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. But it would be cool if they added the incentive to customize those other cantrips as well. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so I'll, I'll, I'll move to one of my favorite can- cantrips. Uh, I was, I was torn between two uh-huh. and you grabbed Eldritch Blast. So <laughs> I'll, I'll do one of my other favorites. Prestidigitation. 
Everybody uh, loves prestidigitation. It's, it's the one spell that, like, so Heather and I will will like have conversations and stuff about D anD D because we're nerds, and so like we we talk about it a lot at home too. And she asked a question one time. She was like, "If you could cast one D anD D spell in real life, what would it be?" And I was like, "Prestidigitation, dude, like a hundred percent that one." Yeah, being able like, to clean something like that. <laughs> she was like, yeah, she was like why? And I was like, "Dude, <laughs> diaper changes, man." <laughs> dishes my least favorite chore on the planet just yep sweeping is mine because my sink (laughs) is less than a five foot cube and you can clean a five by five cube in one go yeah so just dishes stack them all together and then just (laughs) clean dishes oh no the baby pooped not anymore it's gone like i like it I like, like it a lot. I, I, I done cleaned it. It's gone. And then plus, the, now, granted, there's a whole lot of other things you can do with it. But in the day-to-day, just normal stuff, my two that I would pick, press the digitation because I'm lazy, uh-huh. or mage hand because I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, another thing you can do with the... Uh, press the digitation is like light candles and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that <clears throat> having a fun night in with your wife yep sexy time let me <laughs> let me set the mood <laughs> and then i don't remember if it's press digitation or thaumaturgy where you can make like slight music uh like oh, that's good play question. in the area i think it's thaumaturgy i think i think it's thaumaturgy because with with my warlock character i had to use a combination of prestidigitation and thaumaturgy to to do certain effects. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but it's it's yeah. so it's such a fun spell. Like you can make sparks, you can light or douse flames, you can uh I mean it's it's <clears throat> a a magician's like Yeah. I mean you can you can literally conjure small physical objects. Yeah. That like are real. Like that you can touch them and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just you know, once you drop them, they disappear. Yeah. But it, it's, yeah, I mean, you can, you can do a lot of, like, you can make a, you can make money by just prestidigitating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and it, it's really up to the creativity of the player and what the, what kind of uh, shenaniganery the DM will let you get right. away with. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, okay, I'm locked in a jail, jail cell. Mm-hmm. I saw what the guard's key ring looked like. Mm the key is technically an object that I can fit in my hand. So may I, may I reach my hand through the bars, press to digitate that key. The only thing I would say about that is, is that you would have to know what that particular key actually looks like. Well, now here's the thing. Generally speaking, medieval style keys were not terribly complex. Right. So, but you still had like the, the, the teeth and and such that were well exactly but like but if, there weren't if, that many if versions you're sitting of there it. if you're sitting there and the jailer is talking to you for a while and you're just staring at his key belt it wouldn't be that weird for you to be looking at his key belt That's because true. in his brain you're looking at your freedom mm-hmm. and in your brain you're just memorizing exactly what that thing looks like and then okay yeah. as long as i don't drop this i've got it and if i do drop it i'll just make another one right and just yeah. Okay, I've unlocked my cell. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. 
Now again, that makes a lot of sense. That's really to me. that's really up to the shenaniganery your DM lets you get into. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know how many DMs would actually let you get away with I'm going to memorize his key. <laughs> if you have <laughs> the keen mind. Of, if would, you have the keen mind feet. I would I would that say would work. I would say that or throw it down to like an intelligence role. Yeah. You know some oh, some yeah. sort of intelligence role. That would be easy enough. To to see if you can actually get the ridges memorize and the it. teeth yeah. properly. Yep. Yeah. But it's it's such a fun spell, and like you can make smells with it. You can make <laughs> all kinds of stuff. There was there was a wonderful. There was yeah. I'm I'm getting there. You're getting there. There there was a wonderful um, <laughs> instance with our Curse of Strahd characters where uh, Dan's character Logan was a rogue that could not rogue to a save terrible his life. Rogue. Oh my gosh. Every time he was asked for a stealth roll, he would roll like a two. Every time he was to my shame, yeah, to his great shame. I mean, we were only no, that was fifth level. Never mind. Yeah, it was it was bad. It was really bad, and we were we were trying to sneak into that. We were playing a one shot with our Curse of Strahd characters, so not in Barovia, and we were trying to sneak into this manor, and I mean, so we had a druid, our barbarian, um, I was a warlock. And Matt was Matt was a barbarian. Heather was a sorcerer. Ariel was a druid, and you were the rogue, and I was a warlock. Yeah, I'm pretty well rounded. Yeah, I was wearing medium armor, so I had disadvantage on my stealth roll. <laughs> Matt's a barbarian. He kind of dumped his decks, so his stealth was trash. Mm-hmm. Everybody aced their stealth roll, except the rogue. <laughs> And so he was he was just walking around and get spotted by the guards. And I think you were an arcane trickster and you had disguise yes. self and you made yourself look like an off duty guard that you had seen in the tavern getting very drunk. Yep. <laughs> and so you just were like, oh, crap, disguise self. And then the guards start walking up and they're like, what are you doing here, man? You're off duty. You have no business being on the grounds. And before they got close enough my warlock was sitting in a bush right next to him. And I was like, uh, I'm going to help him with his deception check because this is ridiculous. So I made a scent to make his breath reek like alcohol because you can have multiple uh, different effects of the spell going at once. I think you can have three, yeah. three different ones. Yeah. And so I made your breath reek of alcohol and then I peed his pants <laughs> because it says you can clean or, or soil, soil an object. Yep. It does not specify what you can soil it with because it's an illusory spell. Yeah. So I was like, uh, I pee his pants. You you what? <laughs> I, I pee his pants. And my sister was the DM and she was like, I don't think you're 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 just gonna like whip it out and pee on him. I'm like, no, I cast press digitation and I pee his pants. And she's like, you're going to have to explain that one to me. So I read the spell and I was like, you can clean or soil an object. She was like, well, does soil, wouldn't that just mean dirt? And I was like, it does not specify. Yeah, it just means dirty. And, and I've, <laughs> I've already made his breath reek of alcohol. If you need my third one, like if I'm just making it look wet and then my third one is making it smell of pee, yep. then let's do it, baby. Like I pee his <laughs> pants. I outright just I pee his pants. And because of that, he got advantage on all of his like deception checks and stuff like that. And he started like stumbling around like he was really drunk. And like they, they didn't arrest him. They didn't throw him off the property. They brought him into the barracks, the, like guard the, house. the little guard house yeah. and like put him to bed on a cot. And we're like, 
we'll take care of you in the morning. But like, dude, you've got to stop getting so wasted. (laughs) (laughs) And they left him in there and he was like, oh, crap, this is great. (laughs) Prestidigitation, my guys. It's such a good spell when when everything else fails. There are so many fun, just creative ways that you can use these simple cantrips to both great and stupid, ridiculous effects. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. I love it. I'm I'm just going to say it might have been dumb, but it was a great strategy in the moment to just like, uh, because she was like, you guys have like one chance to do something to try to help him. And everybody was scrambling and I'm like, uh, 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 I his pants. (laughs) (laughs) And it was such a great moment too. like, I know we've talked about this before on, on this podcast of like natural ones and low rolls can make for great role play. They make for the best they, moments. They may suck in the moment yeah. that like you just feel horrible for, you know, rolling terribly. But at well, the same you time, want your awesome character yeah, to be awesome. Right. And then they do something dumb and you're like, crap. <laughs> and then later you're just like, no, dude, that's the most memorable yeah. part. It was, it was the best. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it creates not only like story moments for yourself, but also relationship moments for Mm -hmm. for everybody is like okay you helped me out by peeing my (laughs) pants (laughs) oh and i'm i'm sure if that campaign had continued much longer there would have been some some oh yeah like okay i appreciate you helping me but never urinate my pants for me again because you know it would have happened again i mean you look, know it I, it could have come from the other side <laughs> <laughs> it was front or back you choose uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right sorrow stop it oh <laughs> uh, i do miss that character yeah. he was he was fun to play as the thing i hated about logan besides his low rolling was that i had this idea in my head for what he sounded like and that i could never get the accent <laughs> you, right you kept doing my accent yeah. and then i kept shifting into yours <laughs> well you, no that one that one I, I had more of like a new york accent oh right and it i was kept, trying it kept to talk going, like talk like a little bit of a you know sort old, of a sort of a newsy kind of a yeah a little bit because he had, he had that kind of look to him you know yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and and it kept your your accent kept either going Irish, yeah, <laughs> or or mine, right? <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm definitely a mimic, yeah, <laughs> but and, not that kind. But but then when you would go Irish, I would start saying something, and I would slip Just into that. Irish and go, "Oh crap, Dan, stop! You're messing me up." <laughs> so the problem with having two people that are really good at accents yeah, <laughs> is because one of us will slip into a different accent, and the other one just follows suit. Yep. <laughs> That's why we need to have like characters that have the same accent. <laughs> well, yeah, Morthos and Kurt were brothers, so <laughs> yeah. But you you went more like bestial, like well, because he got lost in the woods yeah. as a very very young child, and I was very German. Very <laughs> German. He, he was cut. Cut Wagner. He was cut Wagner. But in but the music, music circus, <laughs> <laughs> they call me the Nightcrawler. The incredible Nightcrawler. <laughs> I feel like we could we could have we could have made them both yeah like a light german yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right all right let's move on let's move yeah. on first level spells oh, I, uh, have, do, I did, have one more did we want to do honorable honorable mentions for for cantrips for each category we do our honorable yeah mentions. like one or two honorable okay, mentions Okay go for it go for it uh so I have two honorable mentions 
right. Uh, one is thaumaturgy. You yep. gotta go thaumaturgy. It's, thaumaturgy and press digitation are the same boat. Like, yeah. Uh, like thaumaturgy. So I, I'll go a little bit into this one. Was um, the the thing I like about thaumaturgy and the thing I hate about it is that some DMs don't allow uh, going too far with cantrips. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they they say, oh, it's stretching the stretching the the power of a cantrip mm-hmm. whereas i look at it like it's, the rules are left the vague are, intentionally yeah exactly so like a lot of times i'll see it used to like throw your voice or mm, create yeah. you know a sound far away a lot of times the dms will be like no you can't really do that yeah. but it's like why not yeah like you can make your voice boom why can't you make it boom from over there so I, I think I think the reason why that that's generally a ruling is because minor illusion can make sounds from other places. Right. And then with with thaumaturgy, it talks about making quiet sounds in other places. So like I, I think where where it, the, the problem with spells like that is so they give you examples of some of the things it can do. Right. Yeah. And people will read that and see that that's the only things you can do instead of here's some examples, use these as guidelines of similar things. Yeah. Instead, they look at it and they go, okay, you can make the earth shake a little bit. You can make doors and windows open and close. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can change the color of fire or your eyes. And then you can That's make the like, one I really like. You can make like slight music, you know, float over the wind or something like that. And they're like, that's it. Yeah. So like the one, the one you were just talking about, you can, you create an instantaneous sound that originates from a point of your choice within range, such as a rumble of thunder, the cry of a raven, or an or ominous whispers. Mm-hmm. So, and then it says another one: your voice booms up to three times as loud as normal for one minute. Mm-hmm. And this is one that you can uh, have three of its uh, things at the same time. Although it says you can have up to three of its one minute effects active yeah. at a time. So, okay. So that's where it kind of gets muddled is, is it has to be the one minute thing. So like you having your voice boom for, for three times, it's normal for one minute, but you can't do the instantaneous sound that originates from a different point at the same time. Yeah. But it's the, it's the same spell. Well, Well, and that, that again is where, where you kind of get the crossover between minor illusion Right. Thaumaturgy, where it's like the minor illusion can create sounds in, you know, within range. And it can be anything from like a gentle whisper to a full blown scream. Yeah. Like in its volume. Yeah. And so it's like people, people go, well, if you wanted to do that, you should have taken minor illusion. And it's like, well, but. But if thaumaturgy can basically do the same thing. Similar spells, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Like I can understand scaling it down a little bit for, for a cantrip. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, it's it's kind of meant to be something that you can do instantaneously anytime you want Mm -hmm. as a magician (laughs) yeah as someone who can cast magic yeah it kind of makes it silly where if you can't do that yeah that that's the point (laughs) that same warlock character had that spell because he was a tiefling and it's one of the racial spells and i actually used it i i didn't use it a whole lot in in role play or or to like accomplish things mm-hmm. but i used it a lot because he was haunted by the spirit of his father 
yeah. who was like sticking around to protect him. And so when like doors and windows would like open and close and stuff, like he would be like reaching for a door handle. And the way I flavored it is like, oh yeah, I cast thaumaturgy. But what we flavored it as in game was dad opened the door for me. Mm-hmm. And so like he's reaching for the door handle and his dad like steps up and opens the door. Yeah. Cause he's still trying to take care of his son. Mm-hmm. And then like, uh, he, I also had like unseen servant. And yeah. so whenever I would cast that spell, it wasn't, it wasn't me conjuring a servant to go and do things and ordering it around. It was, I need help with something. So dad's stepping in and doing something. Mm-hmm. And so like, we had a lot of fun role play with that. And then there was of course other, you know, the other effects that the spells have, but that's what I n- normally used it for mm-hmm. was that was the spirit Flavoring. of his father yeah. manifesting and affecting reality. Yeah. And yeah, so it was, I really liked that. That was really fun. I really missed that character. <laughs> I really missed that character. Sorrow was so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there was one time that I actually got us out of a combat. It was early on before you and Ariel joined. Mm-hmm. Um, we were getting absolutely wrecked. Um, we got ambushed in the middle of the night by a dryad and a bunch of satyrs. Mm-hmm. And like we were entangled and just getting just the crap beat out of us. And Sorrow had a really good intimidation modifier. Mm-hmm. And I used Thaumaturgy to make the ground shake, make his voice, voice boom, and his eyes like became fire mm-hmm. and like flared up. Nice. And I just like yelled like, I said stop. And like the, the ground shook and, you know, everything boomed and was loud. And I got advantage on the intimidation roll with that crazy high modifier that I had. Mm-hmm. And combat ended because everybody kind of was like, oh, crap. Yeah. Uh, do we keep fighting or <laughs> <laughs> like and then and then we were able to deescalate and, you know, like, OK, well, you're attacking us and blaming us for something that we have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> That's cool. Because we were like three health a piece from having a TPK. (laughs) (laughs) Like we were all right on the brink of just complete annihilation. (laughs) And, and I cast all that and Rachel was like, so how would that affect, you know, because she was a fairly new DM. Mm -hmm. She was like, how would that affect things mechanically? And I was like, well, that's really up to you. Like you can, you know, roll something for them. You can have me roll something. You can, you know, she was like, well, what are you trying to accomplish? I said, I'm trying to intimidate them and make them stop. Yeah. And she said, what would you do in this situation? I said, okay, well, there's a couple different things. You can either have them roll a wisdom save Mm. versus my spell save DC. You can give, uh, my intimidation roll, what I like to call light advantage. Mm -hmm. So you just give a plus two to the roll. Okay. Or you can just do regular advantage where you roll twice and take the higher. And she goes, I think we'll just go with regular advantage. And I was like, okay, cool. And I ended up rolling stupid high. And she was like, yeah, that, that does it. (laughs) (laughs) And so it worked out. But again, it was just a fun, creative use of an otherwise innocuous spell that's not really meant for combat scenarios. Yeah. But it's, it can still be effective in, in a, in that way though, which is really cool. I like that. Yeah. I saw it get used one time. They were being uh, like they were uh, it was in the unexpectables. And there were there were bullets in the cave they were in. Ooh, yeah. So they were like burrowing around and they have tremor sense. So they were like waiting for them to move. Oh. 
And so their bard cast thaumaturgy like over like in a far corner and had the earth like tremble and shake a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so all of them just like went like straight to that area. It was like, it was like tremors. That's just went straight for that area and they just booked it. (laughs) Yeah. That's all right. That's something I'm going to have to keep in mind (laughs) because that's, that's a really good way to use it. Well, luckily in your campaign, uh, you only have one, one spellcaster. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is Marshall. Yeah, and I I have a few spells, but I don't have any of those. <laughs> <laughs> mm, so I can use it. <laughs> the DM is absolutely allowed to abuse whatever spells they want. Hee <laughs> <laughs> hee. Uh. <laughs> only thing is. You start doing stuff like that, and your wife is going to go, I'm taking that spell. <laughs> well, I've already got some some revenge to take out on her, because she... <laughs> she I, keeps shutting gotta, down your combat encounters. I got <laughs> to make some high wisdom characters to, to combat you guys, because she keeps making me roll wisdom saves for whole person. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> she'll just she'll just end up taking uh, enlarge reduce and just make uh, two of our characters really big and scary. Oh no! Just imagine, uh, or no, just one of imagine her casting that on Atreya. Oh boy! <laughs> now she's even bigger and hits even harder. <laughs> <laughs> or make you smaller and <laughs> make you even more stealthy. <laughs> Hadn't even considered that. <laughs> Little kobold three inches tall. Throw pass without trace <laughs> on top of it. I have Ooh. I have mage hand. I would like to point out if I am reduced, I can pick myself up with mage hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because even yeah. by because even by kobold standards, worm is a runt. Yeah, <laughs> he's small small for him. Oh for yeah, a yeah, he's tiny. He's little. Oh okay. How, how tall is he? Uh, he's under three feet. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, he's little. That that could make things interesting then. Yeah. Okay. That's I th- why I thought he was a little over three. So yeah, that's right. that's why he fights the way he fights. It's it's all like I'm gonna stab you from way over there, or I'm gonna sneak up on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not going to be a fair fight. Yeah. I refuse to you're, be in a fair you're ba- fight. You're basically Reaper Cheap. <laughs> yeah. He's Reaper Cheap. <laughs> nice. I wish I was that epic. <sighs> so cool. I could get on Reaper Cheap's level for where I'm like, ugh. dude, you already are. No, no, not not there. Yet. You threw my bad guy <laughs> off an airship. That was a fluke. A and large, we all know it. A large construct. That was a fluke. And we all know it. That can turn into a huge construct. It was my swarm. Worm had worm. Worm did not throw him off. His swarm did. <laughs> and ex- my stupid rolls. His exploding mushrooms. <laughs> all right, all right. We gotta get through this. All right. So you had two honorable mentions. There's thaumaturgy. Thaumaturgy and vicious mockery. Vicious mockery. Vicious mockery is always fun. I I love the way that uh, Sam Regal does it. Where he literally has like insults and jokes like prepared, yeah, for an encounter, and then he'll be like, "Yeah, you're gonna take this much damage." Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like 
Oh, well, it's, it's the same. <laughs> Psychic with, damage. It's the same with the Unexpectables. Uh, Connor McKinley did that for Panic Grim Tongue. Yeah, and gosh, some of them were just outright brutal. Like sometimes he would say something, and the whole party would just stop for a minute and be like, "Damn, dude, are you okay?" <laughs> like, <laughs> like I think one time uh, he, I don't know if he dealt the final blow, but it was one of the last ones, and he ended up doing max damage on a vicious mockery against a dragon. Mm-hmm. And his insult was, was, hey, buddy, how do you kill yourself using a dragon? Climb to its ego and jump to its IQ. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, that was dirty. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's so good. And it, it, it dealt max damage, which, you know, it's not much, but it was hilarious. <laughs> and it's so funny when when it is the final blow. Cause it's just like, oh, I'm just so hurt that even an insult can you kill me. Bullied him to death. <laughs> you have like five health left, and <laughs> he insulted me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he hurt my feelings. <laughs> well, there was there was another campaign where the the bard was just like this super nice guy. Mm. And the way they flavored it is because he was such a nice guy that any kind of like insult or disappointment or anything oh, like like yeah. at one point he told one of the characters, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. And they rolled vicious mockery <laughs> damage for it. Oh, no. He was like, I wasn't trying to cast the spell. They're like, I'm I'm taking the damage anyways, <laughs> because he would. They, so they flavored it as he's so nice and so pure hearted and so good. That so any, charismatic. Well, that any <laughs> kind of like insult or disappointment or anything just caused people mental anguish. And so like half the time his insults were like somebody had missed an attack and he's like, you're so dumb. You couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. (laughs) And so like half the time he was just calling people a dummy Uh and they're like, Oh, (laughs) he doesn't like me. He seems like a really nice guy and he doesn't like me. (laughs) (laughs) See, these are the kinds of things that we need to have in our campaigns of just like, we do. Ridiculous stuff like this. <laughs> All right. I need to have then because I, I can never come up with stuff like that. I thought a campaign was that drink you get in a fancy glass. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's champagne. Ah. <laughs> I didn't have another one. Yeah. After that. <laughs> All right. So my honorable mentions, we'll get through them real quick. Um, I'm actually going third-party content creator for this one. Okay. Uh, it's a spell from Cobalt Press's Deep Magic called Memento Mori. Yeah. Okay. And you have seen this in action several times in Many different times. campaigns from different characters. And every time I've cast it, there has been... It's, it's been a dire situation where mm-hmm. everybody's like, oh, crap. Like, we went into a house, the, the, the mortuary... right right right. and uh in what in barovia right it wasn't it wasn't the town of barovia it was krezik oh yeah yeah because it was the one where like we were trying to find the little boy that uh yeah was being possessed or something i think this was before we went there but but we went to that that crypt or the 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 coffin builder and y'all just like went up there and climbed in the windows yep and uh no because it it was after that because the kid was Oh, no, 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 you're right. It was before. Never mind. Y'all climbed in the windows and just a whole bunch of vampire spawn attacked. Yeah. And we were getting wrecked. And I got in there and got all of their attention on me. 
So what Memento Mori does, since it's not an official spell, basically any creatures that are looking at you or that can see you have to roll. It might be charisma. Might be a charisma saving throw. Or else they become stunned for one round Mm -hmm. until the end of your next turn. Because you take on this horrifying visage of death with like, you know, rotting flesh and crawling maggots and all kinds of stuff. And it it scares them. Yeah. So this was that same character that was really good with, you know, intimidation and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And <laughs> and just I don't remember what I did to give him this, but he had a double proficiency in intimidation. I'm not sure how I did that. Yeah. I'll have to look at his character sheet again. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm not sure. But and and just got them all to look at him and cast that spell and then was like everyone run <laughs> and everybody just started and like we ran. jumping out of windows and he stayed there long enough to continue casting that spell each round to keep them stunned mm-hmm. until everybody got out of there and he was like deuces <laughs> and then like dove out the window himself it also helped that uh, Ariel's character cast moonbeam yeah and just had and that like circle kept them of in, yeah. vampiric death <laughs> and it kept them in like in the room so mm-hmm. that they had to keep looking at you, which was yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, that's one of them. And then another one that is just, it's, it's just a good spell. Mending. Hmm. Yeah. Like there's not a whole lot to say about it. You can fix something that's broken. Yeah. It's just, it's just nice. It's, it's one of those ones that like, it's useful for a lot of things, but it's one that's, it's underused. I think. Yeah. Like it's it's not one that you think of that's like oh yeah this is such a powerful spell yeah. I gotta take it yeah it's more like okay am I gonna come if, up if you have something? an extra cantrip you're yeah. like I might grab mending right but but every time I've taken it I've never regretted having it mm. because like I mean your your D and D party goes around breaking breaking stuff. everything <laughs> and if you go into a bar and you smash the bar up well you don't get to go back to that bar yeah. However, if you smash the bar up and then go, hey, I'm really sorry about that. Let me start fixing some of this and then fixing it. And then you just start magicking everything back together. Yeah, it's going to take some time, but <laughs> you're like Mary Poppins, just like Ooh, just yeah. a spoonful of sugar. Exactly. Like <laughs> you, you sit there and you take a few hours and you mend everything that y'all broke. And then not only do you have good rapport with the, you know, the innkeeper or bartender or whatever, but. Now other people know like, hey, he can fix some stuff. And it's like, hey, my my heirloom urn has broken. Can you help me out with that? And it's like, uh, you got any money? <laughs> <laughs> now you have, you know, a, you, you have a cleaning and repair business you, because you have prestidigitation and mending. <laughs> say in that scenario, I don't know if you want both of those, though. <laughs> Family urn with the ashes of your father in well, it. Well, don't get rid of the ashes. Just mend the urn and scoop the ashes back in by hand, you know? And then whatever just, whatever residues left on the counter, that's what you press to digitate away. Yeah. I was going to say, I just want like a low intelligence person to have these cantrips, though, <laughs> and have that situation. It's like, oh, let me take care of that for you. <laughs> mend the urn. Brush to digitate the ashes. Exactly. <laughs> Dad! <laughs> we were going to cast True Resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> Which begs the question, if you could cast True Resurrection, why did you need me to cast Mending? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and and it's, it's really nice because <clears throat> Heather's character, uh, her barbarian, has a fear of mimics. 
and she carries a hammer around everywhere and oh, hits everything yeah. before she like she won't let us sit down. She won't let us touch doors without smashing it with a hammer first. <laughs> and then you let her use like it, it's enchanted with yeah, mending it's an, on the other side. Yeah, it's an enchanted so it's like hammer. Fix it, Felix's hammer yep. on the on the back end of it. Basically, where it's like smash. Ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> I can fix it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, those those are my honorable mentions. Is, yeah. is mending and memento mori. Those are good ones. I like it. Yeah. I I again I love cantrips. The the damage ones are all good and well, but like it's really most of the time just like what flavor of damage do you want to do? Yeah. But those those role play cantrips, they're just so much fun. They are. They definitely are. And we need to do more of them. They're so much fun. Worm doesn't have any cantrips except for Mage Hand. Yeah, but we have other campaigns that we play in. I don't. You play in Joel's. You play in... He's a blood hunter. No spells. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I have them with Isaiah, but he's a one-shot character. Yeah. And I have them with, uh, with Dax. But he's... A... He's no longer a full campaign character anymore, sadly. So it sounds like we're going to be uh, doing a couple of episodes on spells because there's just too many to name. And they're all so good. <laughs> they're all so good. Um, so we're going to we're actually going to split this up a little bit. Ha- we'll have a couple of parts to this and uh, we'll go level levels one and two today. Yeah. Um, so for for mine, my first one for level one is Bane. Mm. You got to get Bane. It. It gives nobody yeah. cared who I was before <laughs> I put on the mask. <laughs> I was born at level zero. <laughs> I was wondering what would be the first to break. Your spirit or your body. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't do that without doing a bane. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> but also it's a really good spell. You know what spell I'm about to cast? Bane! <laughs> this will be very painful for you. <laughs> <laughs> and now that we've driven away all three of our listeners, this, this is why I have like three friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> it is. Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> for... For those of you uh, who know us well and are counting, you all get to decide. <laughs> They're like, wait, they hang out with like five or six of us. Which is which the, are the friends? Which is the three? <laughs> Wives don't count. Uh. Well, I said three friends, not best friends. My wife is my best friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> Close second. <end. laughs> I liked what you said earlier. You put the B before the F. You put the B before the F, bro. <laughs> now let's put the Bane before the friends. Uh, I see what you did there because there's another spell called Friends. Yeah, but it's not on my list. You know that it's a game for nerds when there's a literal magic spell called Friends. <laughs> I cast Friends. <laughs> I get it because you don't have any in real life. Loser. It's really a conjuration spell. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
Conjure Woodland Friends. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you can, but you can only conjure three. <laughs> Until I get higher level. No. No. All right. Bane, go for it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. All right. So Bane is a spell. All right. So real, real quick. I think you had bless on yours as well, right? No. Oh, you didn't. Okay. So let me. I put... mean, it's a great spell, but okay. it's in my honorable mentions. <clears throat> okay. Put bane and bless in the same category. Yeah, I was gonna say those. Those two are very similar. Where you can cast bane on an enemy, and it gives them a d4 to attack rolls and saving throws. Oh, you can cast it on friends too. Well, yeah, <laughs> but you don't want to necessarily. Speak for yourself. Depending on what they're doing. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I would definitely take that as a real life spell if I could <laughs> just to mess with people. So <laughs> I don't even want to know what you do with it. <laughs> I'd literally just use it to mess with people. Well, just make their life difficult for what is the, the runtime for it? A minute. Yeah, I think so. Yep, like, up to a minute for the next minute. Your life is going to be so difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Like that episode of Supernatural where Sam gets cursed with bad luck. <laughs> just just everything mm. is happening wrong. Like he's he's trying to like he steps in gum and is trying to wipe it off and his shoe falls down the sewer grate and he's just standing there dejectedly. What's the matter, Sammy? I lost my shoe. <laughs> just one thing after and he puts him in the, the hotel room and he's like, just stay here, don't touch anything. And then the outlet lights on fire and he's just like no, come on. <laughs> That's terrible. It's such a good episode. It's what I imagine Bane being like. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, oh, come on. Just, the world hates you now. Uh, but yeah, so with, with Bane and Bless, it, it's basically the exact opposite spell. You give, mm -hmm. your, you give your enemies Bane and your friends Bless. And it gives you a D4, negative or positive, whichever way Speak you decide. Speak for yourself. <laughs> we already went over this. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get through the episode, man. <laughs> I think getting through second level spells might be too ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's my first one. What's your first one? Bane and Bless. Those are, those are pretty good. Um. I have a really hard time narrowing it down because first level spells are just, they're so juicy. That's why I, I combined the two because, yeah. you know. Well, I'll, I'll kind of do the same thing. Uh, they're both reactionary spells, but um, they both do fairly different things. Okay. Now, I know you're probably thinking I'm going to go with Hellish Rebuke. Okay. I'm not. Okay. That is definitely high up there. I love that spell. That one's on my list. However, I'm going to go with uh, Shield. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Silvery Barbs. Oh, yeah. Because you know, I saw those on the list, and for some reason, I didn't put them on there. I don't yeah. know why. 
Well, the the problem is uh, with Silvery Barbs, it's such a good spell that a lot of DMs have just said no. It's not allowed. Why, though? Because there are players who will abuse it. Where it's like they, they use it to just be Chaos Monkey. Now, I don't agree with banning it mm-hmm. by any means. And that's, it- that's not even self-serving because I'm not currently playing any characters <laughs> that have access to that spell. <laughs> but there have been a lot of stories of players taking Silvery Barbs and then just using it for everything. Just mm. every single thing. Using it the way I joked about Bane. Like, oh, hey, you know, your buddy over there needs to make a dexterity check for whatever. And it's like, I'm going to cast Silvery Barbs. Why? <laughs> because. Yeah. And then they pull out the the just tried and horribly true uh, quote of, it's what my character would do. Right, it's like, well, yeah. your character's a douchebag. Like, <laughs> sorry, I don't know if that's getting bleeped or not. But I don't like, know, whatever. Your character's a douchebag. Like... <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who made him. You didn't have to make him that way. You're now hindering the entire party and the progression of the story because you wanted your moment of hoo hoo funny. Look at me. I'm so random. Yeah. See, that's the that's hmm, that's the frustrating thing about like the chaos monkey people is mm-hmm. like you cause chaos for your enemies, not your friends. Yeah, I would I would love to play a wild magic sorcerer that takes a bunch of the uh so there's there's a whole bunch of wild magic in deep magic that's Mm -hmm. it's all about making chaos it's it's called chaos magic yeah where it's like you have now enchanted your enemy's sword it's it's called unruly weapon Mm -hmm. and now their sword is literally trying to like buck out of their hands the whole time they're wielding it or or you can do it to their armor which is causing them to like trip over themselves and stuff like that so like you can be a chaos monkey and just have the weird lull so random magic, but direct it towards your enemies and be a very effective and helpful member of the team mm-hmm. and progress the story along. And, and then, then you get looked at as this weird kind of trickster prankster style yeah. character or a manipulator of fate. Right. So either way, you can you can flavor it two separate ways and just have this really fun character that gets to do those wacky things, mm-hmm. gets to just relentlessly bully the enemy. And then there's also the idea of like, like you can still prank your other your other NP- mm-hmm. or your other PCs, but like in non harmful ways. Yeah, like at least not harmful to the the overall goal mm-hmm. like if your your character's trying to do something and you cast bane on them yeah like why would you do that if they're trying to do something helpful yeah so so if it's in a like a silly like more lighthearted moment like oh hey this guy's gonna be in like like <laughs> lolander's in a drinking contest i'm gonna cast bane on him because yeah, he, he, that, for his that, constitution that, that check. Guy gets, yeah. That guy does so many great things. Like, he needs to be knocked down a peg. Like, yeah. I'm going to cast Bane on my party member and then be like, oh, no, you lost how much gold? What a bummer. Right, like, yeah. Haha, funny. <laughs> or, like, you use Mage Hand to tie someone's bootlaces exactly. together. Exactly. You, know, you know, goofy <laughs> stuff like that. But, like, when it's a serious moment yeah. and somebody's having to make, like, a, a severe saving throw or, right. like an acrobatics or athletics check to not fall off of the roof and get impaled. And you're like, and they're like, Oh, nat 20. Like I guess silvery barbs. 
if you're doing that at your table, I know we always say there's no wrong way of playing D&D, but that's the wrong way to play. <laughs> like if you are that's, hampering, yeah. the, the only wrong way to play is if you are intentionally hampering the fun of your other players. Yeah. Like, that's when I would give as a DM my whole party plus the DM the spell banishment. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh no, you ended up in pandemonium. What a bummer. <laughs> That sucks. Well, it only lasts for a minute. You think you're if gonna you sur- lose concentration. You think you're gonna survive for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there, there's just a a way to do things that yeah. doesn't hurt everyone around yeah. you. And but yeah, yeah. So silvery barbs lets you lets you force somebody to re-roll a check. Yeah, and then you take that luck energy that you like drew out of them. And then you can put that towards another check of your choice. Mm -hmm. And then shield is basically just like, I'm about to get absolutely slapped by this dude. I'm going to cast shield and give me a plus five to my AC and hopefully it misses. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think at this point we should just kind of get into our, our real quick honorable mentions and then get into second level and then we can kind of wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, my first honorable mention or only honorable mention, because there's too many really just (laughs) first level spells are just so incredibly good. Like they, I don't know. They're, they're, they're just really good. So it's, it's hard to narrow it down to your, your tops and your honorable mentions, but I'm going to go with one. Um, and it's also from Cobalt Press's deep magic. Okay. It's a spell called candles insight. It is a first level divination spell that basically just gives you the ability, like you do this little ritual, you light a candle in between you and the target of the spell, and then you just ask them questions. And if they're telling you the truth, candle burns as normal. If they kind of start misleading you and telling you some like half truths and stuff like that the candle will start like flickering and dimming and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and if they tell you an outright lie it like flares and then goes out and the spell ends yeah so it's like it's this really nice like way to interrogate people without you know having to be the brutal like i'm gonna hit you until you tell me what i want to know it's (laughs) like a I'm going to set this down and I'm going to know if you're telling me the truth or not. And if you start lying to me, things are going to get bad. Yep. But yeah, so it's, it's a fairly situational spell. It's not going to come up super duper often in your campaign. It's not going to be like the, the go-to like, Oh, I'm going to use this like every two sessions. But when you do have the opportunity to use that, you, you do have an interrogation or, and you don't even have to tell your target that you're casting this spell, you just set them down and, Hey, I wanted to ask you a few questions and then you yeah. just light this little candle and do your little <laughs> thing. And they're like, well, this is kind of a weird romantic <laughs> setting. And then you just start asking them questions and then they decide to lie to you and the candle flares and goes out. Now you're sitting in, they're sitting in darkness with you and you just, I know you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> intimidation tactic. Exactly. And, or surprise round. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I know you're lying to me. I'm going to give you one chance to correct the record. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, well, <laughs> that's creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it kind of can, uh, I feel like it could um, couple with zone of truth uh, or things like that, where oh, like yeah. 
like they're compelled to, or they're like, yeah, they're compelled to tell the truth, but they can skirt around it. Yeah. And the candle will tell you when they are. Yeah. The, the only problem is, is when, like, if, if you, if I could say I cast it on you, mm-hmm. if you say something that is a lie, but you believe it, like you think it's true. Right. It doesn't detect it as a lie. Yeah, it's like a, it's kind of like a polygraph where it's like, no, you believe that it's accurate. Yeah. It's it's not magic or divination in the sense of, okay, it's going to figure out that you just lied to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Unknowingly. I was, was going to make a joke and be like, Blake, why are you why are you lighting a candle right now? Don't worry uh, about <laughs> it. Don't worry about it, Dan. <laughs> where did you hide the bodies? <laughs> uh, just stay, stay silent. <laughs> why did the candle go out <laughs> why is it so dark in here <laughs> yeah so let's let's get to your honorable mention and then we'll right. hit our second level spells uh my my honorable mention uh has got to be tasha's hideous laughter um nice i i love i absolutely love the way you can flavor these uh, this particular spell because uh, I've seen it done before uh, in Critical Role where uh, Sam Regal, who plays um, in, in this particular sense, he was playing uh, a goblin character named Not, Not the Brave. And so for uh, whenever he would uh, cast this spell, um, he would tell a joke. <laughs> yeah. and, and if it succeeded they would start laughing at the joke. <laughs> and so like he had jokes prepared for every situation. Like he would come up with them as they're going through combat or whatever. And it's just like, Oh, like it, it takes so much forethought and creativity to do that. Oh yeah. That's just like, it, it's an amazing spell and it, it makes the, the target of it, be incapacitated for uh i want to say a minute or until it breaks it like it because it can make more wisdom so uh wisdom saving throws to uh to break it at the end of its turn well yeah and also but, uh if i'm not mistaken if they take any damage then they also get to make the same right, throw right. and it it's possible they get to make it with advantage uh it's been a while since i actually read that spell uh well i have it right here i can read it Ooh, hey. uh, <laughs> a creature of your choice that you can see within range perceives everything as hilariously funny and falls into fits of laughter if this spell affects it. The target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or fall prone, becoming incapacitated and unable to stand for the duration. A creature with an intelligence score of four or less isn't affected. Uh, they so just don't find it. They funny. just don't understand. So you're, yeah. you're not going to be going and casting it on a dire wolf, you know, and and having the dire wolf have a giggling fit because it's like, it doesn't know what you just said, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then at the end of each of its turns and each time it takes damage, the target can make another wisdom saving throw. The target has advantage on the saving throw if it's triggered by damage. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. On a, hey. on a success, the spell ends. Um, but yeah, that, that's definitely one of, one of my favorites. Uh, didn't make the top list, but it's, yeah, definitely on the list. <laughs> yeah, the, the first time I ever encountered that spell was also listening to a podcast of uh, uh, there was a bard. He was uh, he was an asinine centaur mm-hmm. and they, it was a pirate themed campaign. Oh, and when he cast the spell, he literally like the player reached into his pocket, 
and pulled out a joke book. Mm. It was it was called 101 Argful Jokes. <laughs> That's awesome. So he pulls it out and tells a dad joke. Mm-hmm. Like just this really cringy, punny pirate joke. And the DM was like, <sighs> guy brought props. <laughs> I'm going to give this dude disadvantage on the saving throw on that because just. Oh, okay. Just you brought props. <laughs> and and then that just became a theme throughout the, the game where yeah. nobody else did. It's just this one bard kept like every now and then, like he would just bring props. Mm-hmm. Like at one point he he had to. He had to do like a, a a bard battle with somebody else where they were like storytelling. Yeah, and so the DM had like written out the the tale that this other bard was telling him, and then like they were they were going back and forth and taking turns, right? Oh no. Well, DM finishes his little spiel, and kind of looks over at the guy, and he's just grinning. He's like, "What are you doing?" He pulls a freaking boombox out. Oh no! And sets it on the table. <laughs> And puts a CD in there where he had recorded music for his background and told a story and just, and the, like it, it's, it's showing him throughout the thing and he looks all smug and happy. And then it cut (laughs) back to the DM and he's just sitting there with his head in his hands, just trying to hold it together. And he's like, I hate you so much. This is beautiful. You have advantage role performance. (laughs) Again, this is why I love this game so much. Yeah. Is because the way you can flavor things, the way you can <laughs> just bring that creativity to it, it just amazes yeah, me. It's it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Oh man. So so let's uh let's hop into second level spells. All right. Um I didn't literally mean hop. Oh dang it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So I'm I'm only gonna go with one, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go different than what I've been doing. Okay. Where I've been doing a whole lot of utilitarian spells and stuff like that, and I'm just gonna go with this spell that just if you have access to it, take the spell. Yeah. Just if if you can worm your way into getting this spell, if you can take it, just take it. Like it it's gonna it's gonna change your combat so much. Oh. And that is. Spiritual weapon. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> guys. This this it's a it's a cleric spell, but uh, paladins or, or specifically conquest paladins and divine soul sorcerers can get access to it. Yep. Essentially, you get to summon a spiritual weapon. Wow, it does what it says on the box. <laughs> not um, like chill touch. Yeah, not like chill touch. <laughs> we already we already covered that. Great one. great spell. Dumb name. Yeah. <laughs> um, cast a bonus, or it costs a bonus action to cast it. So mm-hmm. it's already upping your action economy because you can run in and make an attack or something like that. And then bonus action spell. And then when you cast it, from then on, you can use a bonus action on each of your turns to have the weapon attack. Yeah. Just, and I mean, it's it's not like a slouch of an attack. It's no. a D8 plus your spellcasting modifier for a bonus action. And then if you upcast it, it increases by a D8 for every level above second. Yeah. So if you cast this at a higher spell slot, which might not be the best because then you're, using, you're burning a higher spell slot, mm-hmm. but you're getting a significant amount of damage plus your spellcasting modifier yep. 
every single round in addition to what you're already doing. And what's crazy about this one that makes it just even better, because it already wasn't good enough, apparently. <laughs> it's not a concentration spell. I was just about to ask that, too, because I, I thought it was a concentration, no. but it's not. Yeah. So, so you can do these really interesting combos, like with one of the Divine Soul Sorcerer characters that I played as, where you can throw up a spiritual weapon and then do you know whatever you're going to do in your turn. And then in your next little go, you can cast something like Spirit Guardians, mm. which is concentration. So now you have this aura of death around you. You can cast your little cantrips each turn. And then you just have these two absolute monster of spells going off around you. And, and what I liked to do with him is, okay, I'm going to cast Spiritual Weapon and do a cantrip because as we've already talked about, like, you know, the rules is written, you can cast a spell, and then you can cast a cantrip. That is a bonus action. Right. We do it. It's either way. Yeah. If one of them is a bonus action, whatever. And so I, I would do, like, Shocking Grasp and spirit, Spiritual Weapon my first turn. Mm -hmm. Second turn, Shocking Grasp, and then... Or, or I would cast Spirit Guardians. And then hit him with the spiritual weapon. Yeah. And then third turn, I'd run in and just hit him with like inflict wounds. Yeah. And then they'd be taking <laughs> the damage from the spirit guardians floating around me and then get to hit him with a spirit weapon. And some DMs will allow it to be, okay, this is acting as though it's a creature. Mm -hmm. So just position it behind your opponent. And now you have flanking. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so now I'm making that inflict wounds, melee spell attack with advantage. And inflict wounds does a lot of damage. Yep. And then I get to hit him with a bonus action for with another. For, yeah. With advantage <laughs> for another possibly, you know, I, I think at that point I only had access to third level spells. So 2d8 damage, mm -hmm. force damage, which is good damage type. It's yep. not often resisted. And then however much spirit guardians is in radiant damage. And it's it's just an absolute bomb yeah. to to be able to combo whatever concentration spell you've got, and then throw in spirit weapon mm -hmm. or spiritual weapon because it it's a bonus action to cast, so it's you're not losing a whole lot in your action economy, and then it's not concentration, yeah, which also means you're not going to lose concentration on it. So unless somebody casts a spell magic, it's not ending early. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you're going to get full use out of that spell. <laughs> It's it's so unbelievably good. Like I know pretty much all of my other spells that I've talked about this episode have been utilitarian and you know fun, wacky stuff that you get to play with. And then I got to second level and I'm just like, I gotta do this one. It's it's a damage spell. It's a combat spell. Yeah, but it's so good. The, the cool thing too about that one though is that it is also one you can flavor. Yeah, because I've seen it done where uh, you can flavor the spiritual weapon as whatever you want you could have it appear as a chainsaw yeah you could have <laughs> it appear as a big old lollipop yep you know like <laughs> that's what uh uh laura bailey did in in uh critical yep. role season two was big old lollipop and or a lollipop with razor edges you know yeah, like just crazy stuff you can do with with you know an apparated weapon. <laughs> yeah, one one of the guys in uh, the Prince Division, which is on the Unexpectables, he was obsessed with ice cream. 
And so he had it manifest as this giant ice cream cone that yeah. would just bludgeon people. <laughs> the the character I was just talking about, he was he he fancied himself a melee fighter. Mm-hmm. And so when he cast spiritual weapon, it was this weird radiant other version of himself that would like come out of him and then they would just sit there and like, you know, double team Pummel, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then throw in spirit guardians and inflict wounds and i mean the guy's spellcasting focus was brass knuckles yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> nice <laughs> it's 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 just such a good spell if you're looking to build like a a really good damage character and you can get that weapon or that spell just don't get don't <laughs> don't think about it too much just get it and and honorable mention for that one is probably like as far as damage dealers and stuff is probably something like flaming sphere mm-hmm. where you can also move it around as a bonus action and but it's it's just different yeah it's just different <laughs> nice <laughs> so funny thing is is that with you going all combat on on second level i'm going utilitarian ooh <laughs> <laughs> is it pass without trace it is oh my gosh that, that, <laughs> that is, was that was my other honorable yeah, mention that is literally i feel like one of the best spells in D. yeah because it's, it's if you good. if you are trying to get somewhere stealthy throw up pass without a trace you get a plus 10 bonus on your roll yeah that's huge one if you if you've <laughs> got a rogue that has double proficiency in stealth like for example, let me let me pull up Worm. He's not a rogue; he's a ranger, but he already has a plus ten to stealth. Yeah, Lavender too. Yeah. <laughs> so have have him and like Ozzy sneaking around. Mm-hmm. Both of them have double proficiency in stealth. Yeah, they can scout ahead. They can sneak around where they need to, and then throw in pass without trace. And it's like, okay, well, I have a flat plus twenty. <laughs> as long as there's somewhere to hide. Yeah, they're hidden. Yeah, you, like, you can it, roll a two and still be <laughs> absolutely hidden. Still, still roll higher than most people's like modifiers will get them if they roll a nineteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I I like to say, and I know you've heard me say this before, but uh, if I have pass without a trace on and I have my my static plus ten, uh, if I roll anywhere above. I would even say five. Mm-hmm. I say I've, I've stealthed into my next campaign. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and consider the fact that Lelander, we repurposed because he's a wood elf, but you're playing Icewind Dale. Mm-hmm. We repurposed the woodland. It's like woodland camouflage or whatever. Yeah. Into Boreal. Arctic. Yeah. So now he gets that if he's in like a tundra setting. Because, you know, his, his clothing is kind of made out of Yeti fur and stuff like yep. that. So he's very re- white. And he's blue really and good at, yeah. at hiding <laughs> in the snowfields and the tundra and the mountains and stuff like that of Icewind Dale. So now you have advantage and pass without trace and double proficiency in stealth. And it's it's just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just like, you know, later on with Worm because of the subclass that he's taking, he'll be able to stay still and turn invisible. Mm hmm. So now he's invisible. So he made his own hiding spot. He doesn't have to have one. Yep. And as long as he doesn't move, he stays invisible. And then plus 20 to his stealth with pass without trace. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to find that guy. No. Like I, I understand D and D is not like Skyrim. You can't just crouch in the middle of an open room and then be like, <laughs> I'm going to roll a stealth check. That's not how it works. 
you have to have somewhere to hide. You have to be able to obscure yourself. All that, all that jazz. Yeah. With worm, you dang well, yeah, might be able to just crouch. Well, I mean, <laughs> it, it literally is. If I spend my action doing nothing, yep. I take no movement. I turn invisible, and I stay that way until I take an action to do something. Yeah, or I move. So it's just like I'm uh, snooping around in a room. Somebody's coming in there. Unless they have true sight. Yeah. Or see invisibility. <laughs> like or or something like blind sense where they're gonna be able to like smell you or something. Yeah. Like all he has to do is just stop moving when he hears the door start opening, just freeze, pull the cronk, you know, mm-hmm. back up against the wall. Exactly. And then just not move until the coast is clear. And he's golden. <laughs> Dude's got a plus twenty to his stealth. Yep. Level him up and rogue a few levels, and then he oh, gets geez. he gets reliable talent where <laughs> he cannot roll. roll below a ten. Oh, so the lowest you can roll on stealth is a thirty, <laughs> and of course by that point your proficiency bonus is higher. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just I just remember uh, listening to uh, the Vox Machina show and how high uh, Vax rolled on some of his his stealth mm-hmm. rolls. It was just like. Oh, it's like forty-five. Yeah, it's like, dude, well, you just disappeared. Like, well, how do you how do you deal with that? Unless my guy rolls a nat twenty on perception, yeah. he's not finding you. And yes, I understand. Even that sometimes well, can. <laughs> well, I, I understand rules is written. You don't crit on ability checks. Right. We have make establish of this before. We don't use that rule. Yeah. <laughs> but like, okay, you're stealthing. The beholder might have rolled a nineteen, but. Yeah, and again, like <laughs> what you good said, does that do? <laughs> like you said, though, there there is a certain point of like, say you're dealing with werewolves uh-huh. who have keen hearing and keen smell. Yep, like they might be able to smell you. Yeah, so like there is a there is that certain line where you can kind of fudge it a little bit. Yeah, and but, and you as the player would have to think of that proactively right. and go, okay, I'm dealing with werewolves. Wolves have really good scent. I'm going to try to do something to mask my scent. Yeah. And that's where something like prestidigitation could right. come in handy, <laughs> where you're just like, uh, 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 I'm going to make, you know, the whole area, like I'm just going to make me smell like the stone around me. Yeah. Yeah, that works. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you would have to think about that and and do it very quickly because as the DM, I'd be like, you have like two seconds. Yeah. Tell me what you're doing. <laughs> yep. Well, thanks for giving me ideas for later. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have prestidigitation <laughs> as a lander. Hey, maybe I, you know, go into wizard a little bit. Who knows? <laughs> so you're going to do ranger, barbarian, <laughs> and wizard. With a low intelligence. With a low intelligence. With intelligence sure. as a dump stat. Hey, it could happen. Sounds like a. I don't think you meet the multi-class no, requirements for for wizard. <laughs> that yeah, that's like me saying I'm gonna be playing as worm and I'm gonna multi-class into warlock. Uh, no, you aren't. <laughs> <laughs> Your charisma is an eight. It's not happening, chief. Nope. <laughs> Which we can get into multi-classing in a different episode. Yeah. Um. So, final final one for this. This one, honorable mentions. Uh, I, I'm going to just go with uh, Misty Step. Yep. Misty it's Step, I think, is a, a amazing one where you can just teleport. Teleportation is amazing. 
<laughs> yep. Uh, that's why I loved, like, and this is a little bit off of Misty Step, but uh, with the ghost bow that you gave me for mm-hmm. for Lalander, he can shoot a spot and teleport there. Like, yep. that's, it's basically the same thing, just with a little bit of extra action to it. Yep. Um, but yeah, Misty Step is my, my final one. Pop quiz, Dan. Yes. How do you get the second level spell Misty Step as a first level character? Uh, that's a good question. I do not know. Variant human, fate touched. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Yeah. I, I saw that at one point and was like, wait a minute. That's a second level spell. But it's not using a spell slot. Yeah. You just. It's you how just, many times per day, though? Is it it's just, once per day. Just once per day. It's yeah. once per day. But at first level, any kind of teleportation is fantastic. Right, yeah. You know, your DM's probably not planning for a first level <laughs> character to be able to nightcrawler. <laughs> yeah. Once a day. And it's like, oh, no, you're stuck here. Oh, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to cast Misty Step. You you can't cast that. You're first level. <laughs> and you're a fighter. Yeah, but I'm Fae Touched. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> does it uh, Does it up, uh, like, for leveled spell? Or not leveled. Um, like, when you level up, does it up cast in a way? Or... No, so it's it's a not it's a cast, but like, can you do it more than once a day? No, but I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it gets like if you're a spellcaster, it gets added to your known spells. Right, right, right. So it's it's possible that you take you know Fey touched, and then when you get second level spell slots, okay, well now I can use my second level spell slots to be able to cast it again. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah, and it it won't count against your prepared or whatever gotcha. spells. Okay, cool. I could be wrong on that, so don't quote me. So for this topic, we're going to do something that uh, no D&D party will ever let you do or ever recommend that you do. You mean no DM will ever recommend that you do? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to split the partsies. Ha. Huh. And I get it. <laughs> I get it. So we're only covering today up to second level spells. Mm-hmm. We're going to make this into a, a little mini series and uh, go through the multi levels of spells in different episodes. Yeah. yeah. But for now, this will be the end of, of this episode. Yep. So thanks for listening to Critical Friendship. If you have any questions concerning anything we discussed today, you can email us at criticalfriendshippodcast at gmail.com. Or comment on our Instagram at Critical Friendship Podcast, and we'll try to answer as many as we can on our next episode. Join us next time where we will be having one long, loud, monotone beeping sound followed by the sounds of your childhood. But as for now, ah, dang it, I rolled a nat one on giving the outro. <laughs> <laughs>